Welcome to the Gay Buddhist Forum, where teachers from all schools of Buddhism offer their perspectives on the Dharma and its application in modern times, especially for LGBTQI audiences. These talks are offered freely to the world and made possible by appreciative listeners. If you would like to support our efforts to share the Dharma with underserved audiences, please visit gaybuddhist.org. There you can donate, find a list of upcoming speakers, or enjoy many hundreds of these recorded talks dating back to 1996. So right away we can see that um, anger is totally healthy. There's no such thing as anger management. There's abuse management. But anger fits in a world in which there will be injustice or unfairness, then the natural human response is to feel uncomfortable about it, displeasure, and that displeasure is anger. So we want to let go of any uh, belief that in Buddhism it's not appropriate to feel anger. All our feelings are appropriate in any form of Buddhism. What matters is how we handle and express it. And we'll see that as we go along. So let's just take the definition and deconstruct it a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to call on people to read in accord with where they are on my screen. So Christian, uh, could you read this first part? So I'm taking the original definition and, and choosing certain words from it. Okay. Um, displeasure, the actual feeling of anger. Uh, should I keep going? Yeah. Okay. Uh, perceived as I see it, so it does not have to be based on what is real. And injustice or unfairness, a wrong to be righted person to person or person to policy in society. Notice the definition is only about a feeling. It says nothing about what to do next. So when you go from anger straight into retaliation, that's not really uh, included in what anger is about. That would be an abusive, that would be an abuse of the feeling. It's, it's actually a, um, an escape from it, as we'll see. Um, perceived, in other words, if you're angry at someone and the person says, well, it's, that's not really logical, you, you don't really want to listen to that because your anger is appropriate as long as you feel it. It's based on your perception. So if society says, well, you shouldn't be angry about what the Supreme Court has just decided. That's just how it should be. It's still appropriate for you to feel anger because in your perception, it is unjust or unfair. And as we go along, if you have a question, could just raise your hand or use the um, 
hand signal in the chat. Okay. So now let's take a look at a couple of quotes that are going to help us. Um, Michael Altschiller, would you read this one from Tim Burkett? There's an emphasis on being naturally human. We make mistakes. We screw things up. We get angry, become anxious, and do stupid things. This is the human situation. We can't escape it. But when we show up for it with non-judgmental awareness, we can experience the wonderfully chaotic ocean of life surrounding, penetrating, and supporting us, even when we feel overwhelmed by it. Thank you, Michael. Sure, thank you. So it's so so part of the Buddhist realization is to want to experience the wonderfully chaotic ocean of life. It's not an escape from it. It doesn't offer uh, a chance to step off planet. It's wanting to be totally mixed up in it. And that's why I chose this quote. I thought he expressed it so well. We show up for what we feel without judging ourselves. And when we do, we're stepping into all the chaos that goes with that. And ultimately, we get it that when we step into this chaotic ocean of life, it actually supports us in the same way water supports us to float. It gives buoyancy. And even when you feel like you're overwhelmed, you can still trust that something is supporting you. Why is it supporting you? Because you said yes to getting angry, becoming anxious, and doing stupid things. What a liberation. Instead of, I always have to get it right. Okay, now let's take a look at one by Pema Chodron. Uh, Francis Garcia. If we feel distress, embarrassment, or anger, we think we have really blown it. Yet feeling emotional upheaval is not a spiritual faux pas. It is the place where the warrior learns compassion. It is only when we can dwell in these places that scare us that equanimity becomes unshakable. You don't try to get rid of anything. You can still be sad or frustrated or angry. You recognize your humanity and the wide gamut of emotions you might be feeling. Unconditional friendliness is training in being able to settle down with ourselves just as we are without labeling our experience as good or bad. Being with this continual succession of agreeable and disagreeable with an open spirit, open heart, and open mind, that's why I sit to meditate. Thank you, Francis. So to show up for the wide gamut of emotions, that's the equivalent 
of an unconditional friendliness? Can I be friendly toward my own anger? Can I be friendly toward the anger of others toward me? This is quite a challenge. But we're going to take a look at what the difference is between anger and abuse. But first, we have a quote from the great bard, uh, Bob Lear. My tongue will tell the anger of my heart, or else my heart, concealing it, will break. Okay, thank you. So it's Shakespeare, Taming of the Shrew. Um, I'll have to speak openly. I'll have to tell you about my anger. Because if I don't tell you, if I hide my anger, it will cast me into grief, break my heart. This is a very profound look. When I express my actual honest feeling, I'm helping myself and others see who I really am. And when I don't do that, when I hide my feelings, the equivalent of hiding myself, it breaks something heartful inside me. Can I let myself go with this? Can I let myself be okay? with showing my anger. And I do recommend to my clients who are in relationships, you have to sit down with your partner or partners and say and ask straight out, okay, we're going to get angry at each other at some point. How are we going to express it so that we don't scare each other? And how is it going to be okay with you that I'm angry at you knowing that I still love you? And how is it going to be okay with me that you get angry at me and I can trust that you still love me? That's the way you sound when you're um, psychologically open to these possibilities of healthy ways of expressing things. So now we go to our central topic. All of that was my introduction, because now we need to see the difference between anger and abuse. So for this, we're going to read back and forth to people. And uh, it's Greg to read healthy anger and Daniel to read Abuse, the shadow side of anger. Healthy anger, expressing a feeling in an authentic way. Becomes a tantrum in the theatrical way. Communicates, reports, and impact. 
puts down bullies or dumps on the other. Asks for a change in how we relate. Demands change or else threatens retribution. Is part of an I-thou relationship subject to subject. Feels like a I-it relationship subject to object. Takes responsibility for the feelings. Blames the other person. Is based on an intelligent assessment. Is based on judgment, making the other wrong. We see other, the other as a catalyst for our feelings. We see the other as the cause of our reaction. Is about an action or a world that felt, a word that felt unfair. So indignation, a bruised ego. Focuses on the here and now. Is contaminated by similar past events. Is brief and let go of with a sense of closure, like a flare. Is held on to as lingering resentment, hate, or grudge, like a smoldering fire. May be expressed with a red face, excited gestures, and a raised voice. May be expressed with a red face, menacing gestures, and a screaming voice. Informs the other or gently gives fair warning. Intimidates, threatens, and attempts to overpower the other. Is nonviolent, in control, and always shown within safe limits. Manages temper. Is violent, out of control, hostile, and punitive. Loses temper. Maintains goodwill at all times. Maintains a mean ill will toward the other. Asks for accountability and amends to clear things up so forgiveness can happen. Seeks revenge, keeps holding something against the other, perhaps refusing repair of the relationship. Says ouch, assertively and respectfully, when seeking a dialogue. Is aggressive and adversarial, is in attack-based or on ill will and perhaps with an intent to harm. We seek mutual transformation. We want to justify ourselves as in the right. Shows respect for the other part, other as a peer. Shows contempt toward the other as a target. Aims at a deeper and more effective bond. An angry person moves toward the other. Wants to vent the rage no matter who gets hurt, an abuser moves against the other. We feel grief and acknowledge it. We feel grief, but we mask or deny it. Coexists with love, maintains connection. Cancels connection, creates distance. Is fearless. Is fear-based. Is a form of addressing processing, and resolving an issue. These lists are spiritual practices. It's a form of avoiding one's own grief and distress about an issue with a refusal to work things out and thereby to grow spiritually. Thank you both. Okay, so uh, maybe you can bring up which ones of these you have questions about or... First of all, do you like the do you like this way of separating them so we can see the difference? 
And some of us in our entire childhood saw what was on the right side rather than what's on that left side. So we saw mostly abuse as opposed to healthy anger. And by the way, anger is the shortest of all the feelings. Grief is the longest. So it's supposed to be like a flare, as I say on my list, not like a smoldering fire. So when they say he's holding on to his anger, no such thing. What he's holding on to is his will to retaliate. Uh, questions or ideas? I'd love to get your reactions. Hi, David. This is Greg. Wow. Hi, Greg. A really powerful list. Um, and I can relate to a lot of it as a, as a kid, uh, for sure, because that's what I saw modeled a lot. But I also wonder, um, when, when is it right to protect oneself? And I, like one was like you pulling away. I forget which one it was. Um, distancing. And, oh, yeah. you know, want, not wanting to go back to get hurt again. Um, okay, well, let me um, answer that with the next thing I was going to present, and then we're going to come back to the list. Okay? So, uh, let's see. Uh, Chris, Chris, did you just read? Me, Chris, no, I didn't. Okay. Would you read this little section? Because I want to answer, Greg. Go ahead. What about when others show anger or abuse towards us? Toward us. When someone shows authentic anger, we feel safe, so we stay put. We listen attentively and respond without defensiveness. You're angry now, and I will hear you out. But when someone is abusive... Our healthy response is to leave the premises. It seems to me that you have crossed the line and are coming at me aggressively, so I will leave now and come back when you calm down so we can, I'm not sure if there's another word, so we can have a useful conversation. Okay, that, uh, thank you, Chris. So that's how I would look at it, Greg. Does this make sense to you? Uh, so I'm going, you'll notice when it's true, uh, one way to know that it's true anger, you'll be very focused on the person. You'll really be listening. I've even noticed this in movies. When someone is expressing healthy anger, which is, uh, which is uh, not often, <laughs> I notice myself looking at the actor or actress very closely, like I'm really listening that happens automatically when it's an authentic feeling. That would be for any feeling. But when it crosses the line and becomes abusive, you feel scared, you want to pull back. And that's, that's exactly what you do need to do. Uh, hey, I can't be here with this right now because it's too scary for me. So I, I do want to talk, but uh, I can't do it now. That is not cowardice. That is... A sensible response. Does this make sense to you, Greg? Yes, thank you. Okay. All right.
right, so let's go back to our list. Um, other things you noticed here? Other people that you want to bring up? See, most of us never even thought of this distinction. We just thought, well, the, both lists are anger. And it gives anger a bad name. Uh, because anger, uh, as you can see on the left, is always within safe limits. Whereas abuse um, disregards the limits. Has no boundaries. Tom? Yes, Dave. Mm-hmm. Am I on? Un- yes, I'm unmuted. Yeah, uh, thank you. That That is uh, a wonderful... I'm going to get your book. Uh, I... Uh, an incident came up about a year and a half ago. I was spending some time with a brother who had lost his wife about four months earlier. And it was not unexpected, but it came a little quicker than normal. And uh, this is a brother that um, I'd kind of become estranged with throughout life. I'm the oldest. He's the youngest. And physically, we were kind of separated. And an incident came up where uh, I responded at being talked to condescendingly by him in a um, a sort of, I think, assertive manner, and um, and he blew up in a very, I thought, un- un- inappropriate manner and blamed me for not liking him his whole life and. And um, this seems like kind of a classic example of wh- what you're talking about. Um, not that I was the good bi- guy and the bad guy, but I was able and I, I physically had to stand back because I thought he was going to hit me. And um, in retrospect, it seems like he was in the grieving process. And I I fortunately saw that later, but I didn't see it at the time. Hmm. And uh, we've we've since made amends and 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 uh, reconciled and we're back loving each other, which I'm grateful for. Well, that's really neat, Tom. I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah, when you felt like you wanted to push back, that's when you knew it had crossed the line. But being yeah. that it was your brother, you did not leave the premises. That was okay. You stayed long enough so that things could get said so you could get the full picture. And then at some point you worked it out and you did bring up an important thing, which is uh, the abuse will often be have the words that Tom heard from his brother. You always did this. You're always like this. You'll often hear that in the abuse way of handling things which is not a way of handling things. Whereas when it's true anger, it's only about the here and now. Hey, you know what you just did? That really got me angry. It's different from you always do that. You always do that. It messes up the communication. And that's what ultimately feelings are about. They're a way of communicating what's going on with us. 
And the, the communication gets messed up when it goes here, when it goes to tantrums, put-downs, bullies, ill will, retaliation. I think he wanted to, um, he was holding me accountable for my life from a very early age, from childhood, when we had, you know, I think fairly normal brotherly spats. And um, my inner response to that was that, well, I'm no longer that person. I'm, yeah. Let, let me show you that. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with holding on to the past stuff. I mean, yeah, you're no longer that. It was good you brought that up. Other responses? Other things you see in here that you have questions about? Notice that the expression could look kind of alike because they both have the red face. They both use gestures. They both have a raised voice. But on this side, it's the intimidating style. It's menacing. Is screaming. Once it gets to this point, you know it's not safe to be there. By the way, uh, anger in society or to policies that the government or the court uh, makes, that would be where anger becomes protest. And so we're going to engage in nonviolent protests. Other ideas? Anything on the list that you got a problem with or disagreed with? Bob Lair? Yes. Um, you made me think of something. I had a good friend for a very long time. He was living in another city by this time. We were never in a sexual relationship. It was just a friendship. And then suddenly, um, whereas we had been communicating by email, Suddenly he stopped responding without telling me why. Clearly he was angry about something when I said, I haven't heard from you. And he said, I've been busy. But then he never, never responded again. A little while after that, I just said, I miss our friendship. And I never heard from him. Very strange. I have no idea. Um, clearly he was angry at me for something. But if there's no communication, there's not much one can do about it, is there? No. You see, when you said, I miss our friendship, that was a beautiful response, because what you meant was, I'm mourning the loss of our friendship. You said that instead of, what's wrong with you? Why are you ghosting me? You didn't judge him. You simply, once again, expressed your feeling in a way that did not uh, have blame in it. No feeling has blame in it. Blame comes from the bruised ego that interferes with healthy relating. Thank you. Thanks for that example, because many of us have had the, uh, the ghosting happen. I imagine pretty much everyone. Uh, it's the sudden, unexplained silence. And we, have, we do exactly what you did. We make an overture. 
Gee, I haven't heard from you. I'd like to hear from you. We get an excuse back. We get silence again. We make one more statement, which is our feeling. Just want you to know I'm sorry about not hearing from you. And then we drop it because now we want to respect his, her, or their boundaries. They don't want contact. We're going to honor that. But we make our two tries. And it's best to do it by email so you don't put someone on the spot. Follow what I mean? Yes, thank you. Good. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. So we want to look at what's on the left side as a list of practices. Like, how can I start doing it this way? And how can I speak up and deal with people who come at me on that right side? So this isn't just information. It's an invitation into a practice. What is the practice? The practice of showing healthy feelings. How do we do this? Uh, we start acting in these ways, always maintaining the goodwill, always showing respect for others as we show the feeling. You see, the person on this side, the person who's showing the healthy anger, has only one purpose, which is to continue to continue the connection. Whereas the person on this side, on the side of the abuse, simply wants to get back at you, wants to break the connection. So this is why I think it's so important for people in relationships to sit down together and say, hey, let's make, let's make a, a, a commitment to one another that we're not going to do this. We're not going to intimidate, hold lingering resentments, um, judge each other, blame each other, put each other down. We're not going to do any of this because this is the street version of anger. We're coming from the Dharma of anger. We're showing anger the way Buddha or Jesus or Martin Luther King or Gandhi or the Dalai Lama would show it, not the way the guys in the Godfather movies would show it. And by the way, I noticed something interesting just as an aside. When I was putting this list together, which took me a long time, I noticed, I realized that Hollywood, of all places, they are the experts on this distinction. Because a Harrison Ford or a Gregory Peck or a John Wayne always shows the anger in this healthy way. They do not go out of control and start screaming. That's for the bad guys. So they have it set up. The good guys do it this way, healthy anger. 
and the bad guys do it this way, abuse. That got very confusing in the Godfather movies. Because all of a sudden, everybody was doing what's on this right side here. So, you know, everybody became kind of an anti-hero. Okay, any other comments about this or any other ideas? All right, so then just to remind you. I was unmuting for Cass. Go ahead, Cass. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it seems that the people on the right are, um, they, they won't just accept like what somebody says on the, on the left. It seems like they're trying to inflame the situation and get people to, on, the, on the left to respond in kind, to engage in sort of an episode of mutual anger or ending in perhaps humiliation or, or, or whatever. Is that, would you say? Yes. That makes perfect sense. I don't quite understand. Jeff also, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, for me, I guess you summed it up in the first healthy anger example. Uh, expresses a feeling in an authentic way, which includes the grief or the vulnerability about it. Uh, it hurts. There's a feeling of, I, it hurts that you treated, it feels like you treated me unjustly. Yes, that's the ouch. Yeah. 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 There isn't, they stay in touch with the ouch instead of uh, attacking or. Yeah, it's the ouch instead of the uh, yeah. attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what you're saying is it would include the grief. Mm -hmm. You're reminding me of another quote by Shakespeare. Uh, let me just write it here. Um, and this is from Troilus and Cressida. It's only one line, but it says it all. So... In Shakespeare's time, the word woe meant grief. So the hope of revenge shall hide our inward woe. As long as we know we can get back at someone, we will not have to feel our grief. He has summarized that whole part of the abuse cycle so well. That's what revenge does for us. As long as I can get back at someone, I won't have to feel my real ouch. That's what we're up to when we're looking to get back at someone. Chris has his hand up. Uh, oh, who is it, Chris? Uh, yeah, hi. I, um... Yeah, Chris. I, uh, I'm just cringing because I'm way on the right side many times of my life. I'm reflecting on times that I... You're not alone. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, um, it's giving me that, that little cringe and the need to sort of um, dispel it, uh, to not be spooked by it. And I think you just answered it. Uh, you know, looking at that, when I'm sitting, to really feel that woe come up and feel the sadness and sort of allow it to sort of percolate through my body so it can move out. And I guess that was my question is, um, 
as a remedy to cure me of my Southern European, I had lots of godfathers and lots of godmothers in my family. I mean, there's so much imprint. I could just go on and on about uh, how we uh, interrelated on the good side, too, the very energetic. So I'm saying is I can sit with that woe, and then when that feeling arises and when those uh, memories come up to think, ooh, how I uh, behave poorly. <laughs> um, and I'm just actually, actually just asking for a little more input if you have something else to offer out by just sitting with it. Should I, like, write it down on a card and burn it in a bonfire or, you know, <laughs> anyway. Thanks. Well, those sound like good ways to start the process. But I think just the fact that you notice it, you're going to be on the lookout automatically. I realize that's also by looking at it is allowing me to become an adult <laughs> in a sense to mature. You know, I've got this baby character just sort of bopping around. So it shows up. Boy, some of the conversations I have with my older sister, <laughs> this can be really interesting. But anyway, um, thank you. Yeah. It really, this really is the adult style, but it's also the style of uh, someone who has um, an ethical way of doing things. This, this side here, the other side of the, the abuse side is unethical. Unkind. Now, I want to give an example because um, we brought up about, you know, someone coming at you in, a, in an abusive way. So, oh, is my time up? No, we have someone that has a comment. I was reflecting on uh, this relationship. I just, I'm sure a lot of us reflect in terms of our partner. I mean, in terms of this kind of... Uh, um, con conflict or it, anyway, it happens a lot with my partner and I was reflecting on uh, something that hasn't come up, which is that you know I, I will I will tend to see my inner experience as you know complex. You know, that of course there is displeasure and a sense of um, injustice in a sense, but but like I have other thoughts, you know, and I can get kind of lost in those and just kind of express equanimousness in terms of that that essentially um, doesn't meet my partner. Uh, and I was just reading the left side of the column and thinking how, and this is something I've done intuitively over, over time, is to sort of allow myself to get, to start expressing something approaching anger to actually let the person know that I do care. And, and it's, to me, it's a little bit odd because I don't, it's not a motive. Like I don't, I haven't grown up with a lot of anger. I actually, I'm like, a lot of people. I've had a lot. I've had a lot of love in my relationships and my uh, upbringing, and so like anger is not something I have a lot of affinity for or relationship to. Um, and yet, my partner kind of needs to have a hint of it to really know that I care. And I feel like what that left column shows is that there is a place for me to sort of raise my voice to show where I care, to show yes. where justice. And if I do it too calmly, in a way, they don't hear it. No. No, they need the red face and the raised voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the equivalent of italics. <laughs> Emphasis. Yeah. But no screaming. All right, well, I guess that does cover everything. Uh, I think we got a good look at this whole topic. It's... Uh, 
Uh, it's been such a pleasure to share with you and to have you look at this with me. So thank you. Thank you. Is that table in your book? Yeah. Yeah, someone asked in the chat, is that available? Uh, yeah, it's in um, this How to Be Adults in Relationships. Would you be willing to share just the table? Uh, yes, I certainly will. Um, what I'll do is I'll give you, uh, I could send you all these notes and then you could share them with everyone. Oh, yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. So you'll have a copy. And if you can print it out, put it on your fridge, that would be good. <laughs> I'm going to get it tattooed. <laughs> Tattoo. <laughs> Perfect. Nice <laughs> day. Yes, I will send it. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right. Um, thank you so much. Any other comments or questions before we start our announcements and things? All right. Okay, well, let me see. Um, next week's speaker is Kevin Griffin. Uh, Kevin Griffin is a Buddhist teacher and author known for his innovative work connecting Dharma and recovery, especially through his 2004 book, One Breath at a Time, Buddhism and the Twelve Steps. He's been a Buddhist practitioner for over 35 years and a teacher for two decades. He reaches a broad range of audiences in Dharma centers, wellness centers, and secular mindfulness settings. His latest book, Buddhism and the Twelve Steps, Daily Reflections, oh, that is his latest book. Uh, anyway, so he'll be here next week. And then, uh, what else? Uh, are there any announcements? We want to hear from our, host, our live host here. Yes? Uh, my name is Jim. I'm your host for the day. Um, please stay and enjoy the fellowship of the Sangha. There's some sweets out there. There's hot wire for tea. Put a cup, your cup uh, in the sink and I will clean it up. And um, sometimes people gather at the door at 1230 to go out for lunch together. If that works for you, feel free to join them. And I'll be, um, pass, I'll be going around with the Dino Bowl, soliciting contributions. Ten dollars or above, the sky's the limit, guys, <laughs> and um, it supports all of our multitude. So, please let it flow, and uh, I think that's it. All right, Richard has his hand up. Yes, Richard. Uh, yes, uh, just to remind people, we have a meeting on Wednesday. It's the same um, connection on Zoom. We meditate for a half hour and then have a group discussion. The second thing is to remind people we have an accounted community thrift on Valencia Street. And if you have things that no longer serve you, they might serve us by getting a donation from the contribution. Uh, we actually make a decent amount of money from that. So please keep that in mind, especially if someone, you know, dies and they're getting rid of everything. <laughs> we do really well with people dying. <laughs> Permanent fire I want to let people know that there are two volunteer opportunities, uh, or two roles of uh, opportunities. One is to, that we need more hosts to provide sweets and uh, crumpets on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, the other is that we need uh, more Zoom facilitators, people who can learn how to run Zoom to help out the facilitation. And we have, you can talk to Grisha, Cass, or myself and uh, enjoy being of service. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Chris, do you have a hand up? Uh, certainly. I'm actually going to propose something to Dave right now. Um, we just had a cancellation for the 16th of October. 
Um, if you'd like to come back and we could look at this list and ruminate a lot, there seems to be a lot of energy to this topic. We could come back at 16th to sort of have an anger part two. You don't have to make that decision right now, but I want to offer that out to the group. And it would be on October 16th. Someone just canceled. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And of course, I'll be glad to do it. And I think I would also like to include something on grief since that came up too. So be anger and grief. Okay. Any other announcements? And uh, thank you, as always, to George, who um, processes these uh, talks and puts them onto our, our website. Thanks for that. Uh, okay, and then, Dave, you said you'd like to um, offer the dedication of merit? Sure. Give us a second to gather around. And... Oh. <laughs> Can't get up without a sound. Okay. By the power of this and of all our practices, may we greet the dawn of loving kindness and wisdom, and may we always be loyal to those who are still lost in the darkening sunset of fear and craving. Thank you for listening to the Gay Buddhist Forum. If you would like to hear several new talks per month and be notified of upcoming speakers so you can participate live, please subscribe to this podcast, like us on Facebook, and join our mailing list by visiting gaybuddhist.org.